Hello, Bold and Conscious Leader. Welcome to our new and refreshed season of the Bold Conscious Connections podcast, where we bring to you people who have shown special courage, character, and consistency to express themselves fully. After all, as long as we're alive, we want to live a full life, don't we? So our guests that we bring demonstrate that they do not want to die with their gifts because we're all meant to be given gifts that we share with others. And this is how we play our part in raising our collective consciousness in this world through this podcast called Bold Conscious Connections. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest today. Sometimes the simplest things in life are so powerful and when you need to hear them, you need to hear them. And this was such a conversation I had with Sean Irvin. Sean is a coach and trainer who's making a real impact out there. His philosophy, moving into movement, is about leading yourself to lead others. So it all begins with your personal empowerment, personal leadership. His work as a MAPS business coach and a John Maxwell certified trainer, which by the way, I am too, has helped many in their journey towards better productivity and leadership. Apart from his professional life, Sean is a family man. His wife, Kim, and son are at the heart of what he does, driving his passion and purpose. In our chat, we covered so many topics, everything from embracing life's challenges to turning stress into a positive force. His insights are valuable for anyone looking to improve their personal and professional lives. So let's dive in and hear what Sean has to say. Passionate entrepreneurship, that's what we love to talk about. And here is Sean Irwin, who I met recently, I'm gonna describe that in a second, a passionate and coach and trainer and the life he's lived. And I literally, there are no coincidences, right, Sean? Uh, I met you through your wife who happened to be on one of these you know, group calls and whatever we were talking about led me to to you. And then you've been so generous with your input and feedback and time for me that I just felt you were a perfect guest for me on this program. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Roger. It's great to be here. So the first thing I usually like to ask is, uh, you know, we'll put all your, what you've been doing and what you do in the show notes, but, you know, for the audience who are probably listening and not watching, what should they know about you is one. And the second is, after you answer that, tell me who you are, not what you do. Who Sean is. And you know, I love that question, Raju, because that's that's something that I've really focused on is who do you want to be, not who you want to, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So been in the corporate world for quite a while and decided to go on my own, decided to take the message of intentionality, the the message of moving into movement for oneself, however small or large. And I say that because for me. It was not just a passion. It was more of a challenge, if you will, as we all do with taking action in certain areas of life. And sure. it's equating that to say, how can we take action to, to be more of who we want to be versus what we want to do? So tell us more about that. And, and how are you thinking about this? And what does it mean when you say uh, move to movement? Because that is mm-hmm. what, you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I can't have an idea, but please tell the audience. Absolutely. Yeah. So it really stemmed from uh, my wife and I talking a while back, really, if I may, going back into uh, following and reading a lot of authors and different books. And Napoleon Hill, I think this sums it up really well. 
Napoleon Hill, before he even researched and got into even writing the book of Think and Grow Rich, for instance, he spoke to Andrew Carnegie because at the time Napoleon was a journalist and Andrew Carnegie had challenged him and said, I'm going to challenge you to go do a project, to go research the wealthy, to go research those who are rich and what separates them, what, what made them be where they are and be who they are. So after about two days or so is when Andrew Carnegie looked at him and said, I want you to decide. Well, what Napoleon Hill didn't know was Andrew Carnegie had a stopwatch underneath his desk and he was only going to give him 60 seconds. Napoleon Hill decided in 29 seconds. And it was that decision that not only forever changed Napoleon and his family, but it changed everyone else that's read his books. Mm -hmm. So one powerful decision like that, not that every decision has to be made in 29 seconds, but it was the, the principle of the matter of what he went through in his mind to see this is something bigger than me. I need to take action no matter how much hard work it is to get there. Mm -hmm. So based on that, it just, it makes you realize, hey, even to take small steps in life, mm -hmm. it takes the decision to make a decision, right? It, it takes a commitment versus a goal. And no matter how small or large, we make decisions all day, every day. That's right. The difference is, are we doing that to be more intentional with our lives and where we want to go? So that's, that's where it's coming from. So beautiful because this is the life I live. And of course, we all make decisions, as you say. And every time anybody listening who has ever made a decision, whether it was to go to college or get a job or something different, a different job, a different career, we know all that, what that means, right? So those decisions you made are the key. So in your coaching, what is it that you really uh, are inciting? So who do you, who do you coach typically? Mm -hmm. Typically individuals uh, and or entrepreneurs who are looking to take more intentionality in terms of leveling up themselves, whether it's leveling up their business, whether it's, okay, how can I go from a goal to a commitment? How can I level up uh, to take more action, to see more results than what I have been doing or not been doing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, something as simple as, for instance, productivity, uh, looking at how people prioritize versus manage their time. There's yes. a difference. Um, and so that equates to what we do in business. It equates what we do in our personal lives, every relationships, everything. Uh, mm -hmm. so what I like to do is I like to focus on those certain key aspects of their productivity. I want to understand, okay, well, what are the challenges? What are the bar barriers that are preventing them from taking that next step mm -hmm. and what needs to be done to get to that next step, which then gets you to that next step after that. Mm -hmm. Um, so coming from a productivity standpoint and really, which equates to more results, more, more performance. Mm -hmm. So is it really performance driven, a better life, all those different things? And then you said something about commitment. So talk to me about a little bit of our commitment in the context of that. Absolutely. So performance, absolutely. And when it's performance, it doesn't just mean more profits or more business. Performances, are we really performing at the level that we're designed to do, that we are capable of, that we really want to be. Uh, but as you had mentioned, it takes a commitment. See, something I've realized, you know, growing up and being in business and being in the corporate world is the word goal is just so understated. I feel as though for me personally, the word goal is just something that can just be a wash. It's There's no real significance to that word, at least as much as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But when you say commitment. It doesn't matter what area of life it is. It could be a relationship. It could be uh, what you do in your personal time. It could be something in business, something in your job, could be anything. 
commitment is what says, I'm going to have a resilient pursuit to achieve it. It's that resiliency, it's committing to the journey, not just the destination. Because I think so often when we hear commitment and goal, it's the destination. It's where we want to be. Absolutely. Right. Instead, we forget that the commitment has a lot to do with that journey and taking those action steps along the way. Yeah. Because there's no way to to think I'm going to go to, you know, XYZ or Chicago from New York that I'm going to get there because that's where it is. Because you don't know how you're going to get there. You may have an idea and then things come along the way and then you give up or you say, this is not good. So in terms of uh, the one thing we share in common is the fact that we had a corporate life and we moved on to mm -hmm. become entrepreneurs, et cetera. And it's the turning points and those decisions and the challenges perhaps that gave us that little power inside us to, yes, this is my time to decide and I'm meant for more. Mm -hmm. So can you highlight one or two, perhaps those challenges, traumatic experiences, whatever, I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but something like that, that then you, that you overcame and that's what got you to where you are or what you're doing. Today. Oh yeah. I, I would say, Raju, that the biggest one for me was realizing that making a mistake, having a failure did not mean I was a mistake or did not mean I was a failure. And I think so many people are challenged with that when you think about it. But for me, I really went for me a corporate job to where I just, I felt as if that I was just meant for something more. I felt like I wasn't in my true passion. I just felt like that there was more capacity of for more results and more production. It really was something that I realized when I dug deeper to realize, you know what? I had to shift my mindset to say, this is a learning experience. Any failure, any mistake is a learning, mm -hmm. right? We win some, we learn some. And it sounds elementary, but I really had to understand that it was okay that that was a label I was putting on myself. It wasn't a label anybody else was putting on. So when I shifted that for myself to say, okay, how can I see this as a learning and do better the next time? And then what was interesting was it just became a lot more accepting. It just became a lot more like, come on, what other mistake can I make to understand how to get 1% better? Yeah. Because that's how I look at it. So back then when I made that shift mentally, it's amazing. Then all of a sudden my confidence started getting boosted up. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden I started feeling like, hey, I'm in the flow. I feel like I could just be me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be someone else. I didn't have to abide by a certain criteria. I could be me in this. And when I did, that's when I became the number one uh, rep in the whole company for two years straight. Mm -hmm. It's because I knew that I was going to make mistakes. And boy, did I. But I was comfortable with it. And I understood I needed that to get to that next level, which then was like, wow, okay, now I'm at this level. Great. Now I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to make a mistake that great. I didn't, I got up to that next level. It just catapulted me. In that experience of that transformation, I think that the catalyst usually is something external or it's internal. Mm -hmm. sounds like what you were saying, it was internal for you. Or what was that that led yes. to, I'm going to be somebody else and different in this same job mm -hmm. that you're in perhaps. Well, really, it was an external trigger of, you know, not hitting expectations or it would be words that somebody would say, well, it'd be great if you, you know, this was this or this was that. And so that was a trigger doesn't necessarily mean that that was the cause. Right. So if anything, it was a trigger to say, okay, how am I receiving that? Am I, am I really that way? Or am I seeing this as, okay, am I just not the right fit? Or do I need to be in a different environment, a different type of role, whatever it might be, fill in the blank. Right. And 
I realized it was a trigger that I was not going to allow to define me mm-hmm. because it was more of an internal. Then it became more of an internal for me because for me, I've always been a competitor against myself. I've never, I've done a lot of sports growing up and competed quite a bit, but it's interesting. I never saw that competitors, the one I was competing against, I was seen as me like, okay, how can I level up my game? How can I do better in this? How can I see that and do this? And that's how I've always kind of carried myself. It's just, okay, I see a trigger there. I'm not going to let that define me, but how can I take that internally and make that better? And so was there some help you got in that regard to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Or you, there was just that realization, the trigger that then led to you doing some internal work. And then did sure. you need more help to be able to feel the way you do? Yeah. So it was a little bit of both. Really, it had to start with me. I, I had to take the initiative. I had to do the evaluation. I had to be real with myself. So if you think about it, I almost had a way had to be my own coach. That's really what started opening my eyes to coaching because it was like, okay, if I, I need to lead myself first before I can lead others. And so I have to figure this out. So I would read a lot of books from John Maxwell. I, I would read, you know, Napoleon Hill. I would read all kinds of leadership books, you know, self-help books, what have you. But yes, that was probably one of my greatest tools without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. But I also had some past mentors to go to, to say, can I ask you a question about this? What, just from knowing me, what did you see here? Or in your experience, how do you see going up to that level? Mm -hmm. So to me, it was what I felt was going to work for me because that doesn't work for everybody else, right? For me, I felt a connection to the books. I felt a connection to certain individuals that I knew liked and trusted that really were considered mentors to say, what, what can I gather? What can I, what am I seeing that maybe I need to see a little bit better? That's great because, you know, people listening here, you know, they, I'm sure they resonate with this. You know, I, I know I have it in me, but I'm not taking the action. What can I do to find more courage? What advice? Would you, could you give them a couple of hints or tips rather to say, you know, in order for you to move? I mean, you know, 70% of the employees, I think this is a global statistic, are unhappy in their jobs. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they ought to examine clearly. I don't want to get into too much of a time management because time management or productivity, as we discussed earlier, is not really, it isn't about that. It's about managing your life. And that comes from right. within. Everything has to be from within. Even if it's something you're in a job where you're getting this feedback that's negative, it's still about you as to what are you going to do about it? And you owned it. So going back to my question about unhappy employees or being in corporate jobs and feeling like you're meant, for do, meant to do more, but how can you help people with two or three things that they can tap into themselves and find that courage to be bold? Yeah, great, great question. Great question. I'd say the first thing, number one is progress is the goal, not perfection. I think so often that we think to your point, Raju, that to level up or to make a decision or to do this, to take action over here. And I'm speaking for myself. I've put this pressure on myself that, well, it has to be so thought out. It's got to be perfect over here. It's got to be structured. It's got to, well, wait a minute, before I do anything, I got to check with this person and make sure they're okay with it. It was almost as if I wasn't really understanding that action is action. There's no such thing as perfect action. It's progress. It's progress. Action is progress, right? So that's the first thing is to accept. And the second thing is decide to decide. Mm -hmm. See, for me to make a big decision, I had to make little decisions along the way. I think so often we think that sometimes these, these actions have to be, you know, even big, bigger than what we're, we're putting the, what, what it really is in reality. When in reality, it's just taking a small step here, small step there. And being okay with failing forward if you need to. So it's, it's deciding to decide 
to move forward. And that's what move to movement is about, clearly, right? That's what that's right. That's right. Fantastic. That's right. So, you know, I've only had a couple of interactions with you in the past um, week or so, uh, Sean. I don't know if, if uh, I mentioned this. In the book that we wrote, Bold Conscious Leadership, one of the definitions of bold, there are five elements, and one of them is humility. You mm -hmm. are such a humble guy, to be honest. I would never say self-deprecating. I think you're just modest beyond belief. Um, so we define bold as, you know, obviously humble and heart-centered, which I think both of things fit you. The other three are ambitious, decisive, and sort of completely convinced about your, or have conviction about whatever it is you want to do. So those are the five. How do you think about bold in addition wow. to, or like this? I think bold too, it's having absolute, and you can fill in any word that you want with this. But just absolute brutal action, just the gumption to go. Boldness says that you're willing to go hit through, go through that wall, no matter how pretty or clean it might be or dirty it might get. It's you're going to go through it. And you're going to take that boldness to say, I know it's right. I know, to your point, conviction. I love that word. It's a powerful word. Taking that conviction because you know it to be true, whether others see that or not, but you know it to be true. So you're going forward in, in an absolute brutal force to say, I'm getting it done. So mm -hmm. I love, love those components. Absolutely. And I think to me, it's just, there's an element of just going, just going through that wall, just punching through it. And, you know, someone would say, a skeptic might say, oh, come on. It's easy for you to say Raju or Sean or whoever. You have no idea what my problem is and what I'm going through. What would you mm -hmm. say to that? I would say you're right. We have no idea what you're going through. Absolutely. We all have a past. We all have things that we've gone through. We all have trauma. We all have things that we've had to endure. But I know one thing's for sure. The principle is the same. It's to rise above, not overcome. Mm -hmm. And we're all designed to rise above something time and time again and use that as a stepping stone to get to where you desire to be. So absolutely. And I'm not even going to pretend to imagine what people have been through. Because I can only imagine. Yes. But I do know one thing. You're still standing. You are still here. And you are moving forward with a purpose. And that, to me, is what it's all about. Fantastic. You guys, you heard it right here from the pro. I'm telling you. These are very similar things we all have overcome or whatever. But, but I love the fact that you said it. it's not about overcoming. It's about rising above it. Correct? Because that's the only that's way right. you can. Otherwise... Yes, right. you, you dive into the pain, you dive into whatever you're going through, but you got to die into it too, so that you can rise yeah. above it, right? Because without that, as the Bible says, you got to die to it. I don't know the, the, the specific That's right. proverb or psalm right. on this one, but awesome. And then the other word is conscious. Uh, and you certainly strike me as a very conscious human being. And I know you have once, I think, once child, and you obviously, you talk about you being a, d a dad and being a husband, those are the things that move you. Talk a little bit more about that. And then we'll talk about consciousness. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Sure. So I think for me, you're right. Uh, being a father and a husband has been something I've desired a long time. Mm -hmm. And when we were blessed to have our, our son and having my wife now, uh, you know, for as long as we've been marrying together, it is truly absolutely at the core of what drives me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that speaks to all of us is that there has to be, you know, I love the word, I love the word purpose, but I love it even better when it's purpose driven. Yes. Because when you have that driven piece, 
it means that there's something there. There's a fire. There's, there's a fuel to the fire that's causing you to be even more purposeful than just having purpose. There's a difference between having purpose and being purposeful and being purpose driven. And for me, it starts with my family. I want to create an example. I want to not just leave a legacy for them. I want to live a legacy for them. And part of that is enjoying moments and living, right? Having those moments, you know, and whatever it might be, just in the simple little things. And then to answer your question about being conscious, you know, to me, it's all part of, of this as well and what you're driven to do. Because being conscious means to me being aware, mm. being very well aware of not just your surroundings, but being aware of, aware of your purpose, being aware of what you desire, being aware of the actions that's going to take, being aware of, of you know, just everything that would be involved for that commitment to see it through. So, yeah, being very well aware is absolutely essential. And how do you take that awareness to take action? That's awesome because, you know, people always say, well, I don't know what my big purpose is. I haven't spent 10,000 hours doing this, that, the other, and therefore I don't have a purpose really. <laughs> and I always say measure of success is progress, as you were saying earlier. It is all about progress. Mm -hmm. You did something differently than or better than you're better than yesterday, today. That's progress. Mm -hmm. And then purpose. There is no one big purpose, but anything you do and you put your mind to, if you find purpose in it, mm -hmm. I guess that's purpose driven. Would that be the way you were describing it? Because then you're moving in your fullness, you know, with it. So consciousness, I like we defined bold earlier. We define consciousness as three levels. One is that life is happening to me. Oh my God, I'm mm -hmm. just a victim of everything. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's I'm in charge. Consciousness is a uh, second level is by me. I'm, it's happening. Life is happening by me where type A personalities are, you know, well known. They think they control the world. And the fact is that we don't control anything. And thirdly mm -hmm. is life is happening through me or for me. Sounds like you're a believer in that, but that takes practice, right? John? Yes. What, oh what awareness practice do you have to make sure you stay in that moment day to day? Mm -hmm. I would say it's what you do every day. And it comes down to a couple of things. One, your daily habits, as well as your daily routines. But along those lines is where's your mindset with it, right? Because we've got to go into this with intentionality. And so give me an example. You know, we all talk about having a morning routine. Give an example, right? And I know everybody's heard about that. We all have it, hopefully. Yes. But what about an evening routine? What do we do to kind of reset at the end of the day? to get motivated for the next day. What are we doing in terms of daily habits every day, such as our reading, whether it's, but to me, it's not just in your reading, but it's also the interactions you have with people, as well as how are you going to live life more intentionally? As I had mentioned with me and my family, it's taking intentional time with my family. It's, you know, I love, I love when people say, well, it's, it's not just the quantity time, it's the quality time. Yeah, okay, but I beg to differ, it is quantity time. Yeah. Right. So, so bottom line is going and looking at what are your routines in the morning, but in the evening, what are you doing in your habits in fostering and growing to ensure that you are moving forward intentionally, mm -hmm. not just haphazardly or by accident or well, if it happens, it happens. What are you doing intentionally every day to level yourself up? Are there examples, maybe one or two for, from your life that you can share, Sean? Sure. Well, one of them for me is reading without a shadow of a doubt, um, being very intentional with that. And, and not just in reading any book, but reading a book that you feel is in an area that you need to grow in, being intentional with even what you're reading. 
Um, the next thing is I'm very intentional with time blocking time for my family, but not just the time itself, what we do in that time. Okay, we're going to go on a field trip. We're going to go do this. We're going to go visit that. Or, hey, we're going to go outside and we're going to go do this together, but with intentionality. So in other words, whatever you schedule, whatever you want to plan, quote, plan for, mm -hmm. you take it a step further and say, what's the intention of it? What am I going to do? So I like to do that with the family, but I also, too, when it relates to business, same thing. It's not about the amount of time you put into the business. It's the quality what it what the items you are doing in that time yeah. so like i like to then say okay for an hour or two and you and i were talking about this uh, before we go on the podcast is okay fridays are i'm going to be doing this for an hour or two to plan but it's in that plan of saying okay i'm going to intentionally make sure i reach out to this person i want to make sure i'm leveling up my business over here on this side i want to make sure i'm doing that how can i get one percent better and focus on some priorities there so focusing on that and being intentional with my priorities Mm, beautiful. So I assume the family then is with you because if they're going out on a field trip with you, then there is a, some kind of communication that shows, Absolutely. are we intentional? Are we going to have fun with this? Or what are we going to do to make sure that you're in it fully? It's so beautiful. Awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so, you know, Raju, it, it's, it, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's, I just realized, um, you know, my grandfather was a very pivotal person in my life. And what was interesting was he taught me that it isn't just about leaving a legacy, which he did. It's what you do to live your legacy every day with that intentionality, you know? And it comes down to whether it's your family, your relationships, your business, your job, whatever it is, being that, having that intentionality to say, I want to create that legacy, being in the moment even, right? Mm -hmm. To me, being intentional too is being in every moment and absorbing it, right? So that to me too is what summarizes of that intentionality. But that's also legacy-like, like you're leaving the legacy. It's not like you're leaving, you know, five homes around the, the world for your family. That is, okay, that's a physical legacy, but legacy in the way you're describing it is, is a little different, right? That's right. That, that's that, right. Your, that your energy stays here with them forever yeah. and ever, right? That's right. That's right. I'm sorry, I'm putting words mm -hmm. in. You're no, no, you're, you're spot on. No, no, you're right. As you had said, you and I connect so well, you get it. Uh, but I... It, that is the truth. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just the physical items. You know, as we hear the word legacy, it's assets or That's something right. financially related, right? But in this term, it's what are the things that I've taught? What are the things that I've lived to show? Mm -hmm. Like even to my son, for instance, how can you take this as an example to level up even what I've done? To say, how can I think a little bit higher level and right. do that? You know, so it's that then intentionality. Great. Awesome. So now I have a two-part question. And maybe you've already touched on some things. What are one or two leadership lessons that you can, that you've learned thus far in your young life? And part B is today's uncertainties that people are going through post pandemic, pandemic, whatever, and other things that are going on. People are always affected by what's happening outside for some reason. These uncertainties, these things that they have to navigate differently than they, than we all did back in the day, whatever. What advice would you give someone who's either looking to to go from corporate to maybe an entrepreneurship or in another transition that, you know, these circumstances are unusual. I don't have that courage mm -hmm. to go do this, but because everything is uncertain. What would you say? Mm -hmm. to that? Uh, great questions. In terms of a leadership, um, one of the greatest things that I've realized, I'll just say this. It really went to, in leadership itself. It has nothing to do 
with managing or directing people. It has nothing to do with feeling like I am a leader. It has everything to do with how are you leading yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you going to lead yourself first? What does that mean? Being a leader means you have to learn to be a follower. Learning to follow or to listen or to however, whatever word you want to use as a substitute. How am I going to learn from others? How am I going to put myself in a student position? See, every leader, in my opinion, is a student. They've mastered first, how to yeah. be a student Yep. first. Yep. And that's what people are drawn to, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not being a self-pronounced leader all, all the time and saying, well, this is a leader. I like what some Sinek said. It's that there's no such thing as an expert leader. That's right. You know, it's just a leader to me is a follower. A leader is a student, right? So it's realizing that, but not just real believing that, living that. In terms of the post-pandemic, you're right. It it was such a master, a big shift for a lot of us in business, uh, even jobs uh, as employees. I would say the biggest thing that I've realized for myself is being willing to take a risk. I think what it opened up for me was to realize, and I'll give you an example. I was still in the real estate market as an executive at that time. And I'll never forget when we got together as a team, right when COVID hit, they were like, we have no idea what's going to happen. So we're going to prepare for the worst. We're just going to prepare for all the shutdown. Nothing's going to sell. Nothing's going to really go. Instead of you know, and shifting that and saying, well, look, guys, what if we don't do that? What if we have a different mindset to say, what if it does the opposite? Mm-hmm. Who says that just because that, that happened, that we have to accept that that's going to be our lives? Mm-hmm. Because I know people who absolutely thrived during the pandemic, and they used it as an opportunity for growth. That's what I chose to do, is to take the team that I had at the time and to just blow it out of the water. I didn't, it didn't matter what the market was going to do. We were going to blow out of the water. And we did. Uh, in fact, we saw a huge amount of growth that was unexpected in the first year and then into the second year because we chose to see it differently. So I would just encourage a lot of you that look back at to what either happened to you or what you've gone through, or maybe if there's something else that's going on right now in their lives or in their business, how can you shift the mindset to say, how can I look at this a little differently? How can I see the other side and just go for it, right? You're going to hit some bumps, may fall forward. It's all part of it. It's all of us. But what if it's that what if factor? Mm-hmm. What if you took the other road to see growth, to see results you have never seen before? Right. So good. You know, it's like, as Tony, Tony Robbins says, right? Hey, what if it doesn't work out? Well, if you're worried about that, it's not going to work out. What if it does work out? You know, which way are you going to go? So often people say to me, well, that's great, Raju. You've done this. I said, no, I'm I'm still fearful of so many things that I have done or Mm. or about to do, but you got to do it anyway. How can help can can I get if I'm a listener here? Okay, that's all great, Sean. Great. What am I? How am I supposed to get that help? Well, help first starts with yourself. You've got to help yourself first. No one else is responsible for helping you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to take initiative for yourself to say, okay, how can I take a baby step today? How can I take another baby step tomorrow? How can I then take maybe another extra step or two the next day? That to me is intentionality. Is saying, okay, you may not even know what that help looks like. And a lot of us don't. That's right. I'll be honest. There were times I didn't. 
there are lots of times I was just like, what the heck do I do? How do I figure this out? You know what? It's interesting is this journey, this road. That's why, again, I get away from just the destination. Focus on this journey. On this road, what do you see? The road's going to start out dirty, muddy, potholes everywhere, but you're going over it. Then what happens is you start going over it. All of a sudden, you come across the path where it gets more gravel. You start seeing gravel. Like, okay, well, it's still a little bumpy, but it's, it's a little bit better. No more potholes. I got it. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, you get to a paved road. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? You don't go to instant pavement. In fact, that when they build roads, that's exactly how they do it. That's right. They dig the dirt. They dig it all in. They, then they put another layer. Then they do another. Then they do the gravel. Then they, It's the same thing with you helping yourself. Mm-hmm. You take one layer, one day, one thing at a time. And it may not be perfect. But if you are taking a baby step to say, I'm going to read two pages today. I'm going to make sure to go uh, subscribe to Raju's podcast and just just listen to it for five to 10 minutes. I'm then going to go over here and just do this right here. Before you know it, it's like, wait a minute, I, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm starting to see things different. And then they want to do more and then do more. And then they start leveling up. So it's taking that leap of faith to say, it's not going to be perfect, but I need to do a layer. I need to do something. Awesome. Well, that is precisely what, because, you know, if you're not going to feed your mind, whether it's, I mean, you read books, I read books, right? I read five a a month, but unless it allows me to go into my mind and then, you know, stand guard to my, you know, negativity and whatever else is going on, there's stuff going on all the time. But so what? What's going on inside of you? That's more important than what's going on outside of you. Mm -hmm. So beautifully described, my friend. All right. So. Last question before I let you go. And I don't take anything for granted, Sean. So I really appreciate you coming on. And there is so much more I could keep asking you, but I want to make sure that we bring you back again so we can continue another Love part to. of this growth of mindset. And I know we share John Maxwell's uh, teachings together yeah. and all the other things that we've done together. So because I don't take anything for granted, I don't think my audience does either. I always learn a lot from you and we've been working on stuff together. In that context, in that vein, what discoveries would you have made about yourself or otherwise in this call in the last 35 minutes? Powerful question. I think the biggest discovery that I've learned and still see every day, I don't know what I don't know. And because I don't know what I don't know, I've got a desire to go find out what I need to know, what I desire to know. And why is that? Because I made a decision that I want to be better than who I was yesterday. I made a decision. I made a promise to my family, right? I made a promise to my grandfather to continue on a legacy that he did. To me, a promise is a big deal, especially when I make it to myself. Knowing that we don't know what we don't always know, how can we have that curiosity? How can we continue to have that thirst to say, well, how can I go find out? How can I learn this? How can I maybe do something different over here? Because again, a lot of times, because we don't know what we don't know, How do you know that what you desire is not on that other side over there, right? Just right there. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say is this, is just, we hear all these stories, you know, all these stories of the past, you know, and not to give a lot of names, but I remember this one story of a miner who was in this incredible vein in Colorado mining for gold. Mm -hmm. And to make a long story short, he gave up just four feet away from the most massive gold mine that ever existed. Four feet because he just felt that, well, I'm just not seeing it. I'm not willing to 
you know, get an expert to, to, to see how else I'm doing or to get other advice or to go find out what I don't know to say, am I making a mistake? Am I not doing something that I, I don't know how to do and being okay with asking for help? And then in that moment, I realized that was me. I need to go ask for help. I, I need to not be afraid to ask, to go seek, because when you seek, you shall find. So knock and the door will be opened. Beautiful. Beautiful. When the student's ready, the teacher's always there, is what I say. It's not about teacher will come. The teacher's standing by you the whole time. It's awesome. So true. So Thank true. Thank you so much, my friend. Now, how, how do people reach you? What's the way to... I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but is there something that would be easily remembered that they can... Sure. Yeah, probably the easiest is uh, on YouTube. I've got a channel. Uh, just simply move into movement. So you just type in at move into movement, and you'll see the channel. So we'd love to see you there. All right, guys, move into movement. Movement's super important in life because if you don't get started, mm -hmm. nothing happens. And remember how you That's start right. is to make a decision first. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. And we'll bring you back again, hopefully. But let's, let's call this a pause for now. And uh, That's right. Back. That's right. Take care. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Roger. Thank Glad you. to be here. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode today. We strive to bring you conversations that make you think, reflect, and perhaps inspire you to take even one little step in your path towards personal growth and greater wisdom. Please download the show or the podcast episode that you just heard and leave us a comment so that we can continue to bring you meaningful and relevant topics in the future. Take care and thank you so much.